What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. Let's start today with a quote that will set the tone for the rest of the discussion. The quote for today is, a man with a vision is not held hostage by circumstance. I want to talk today about vision, a strong why, and the clarity on where it's leading. But built into any strong why is its connection to how it serves, where it connects, what it's for, who will benefit and how. A why is a built-in power source. And usually, what someone achieves in life is really directly related to the wattage of power being received from their power source, their why. For some, it's enough to light up their household. For others, it lights up their township and locality. For others, their country. And some whose why has enough power to light up the world and maybe even fuel the entire power plant. And again, it's not that it makes one person more special or better than the other person. The only difference is that they have a clear enough why that charges them enough on a daily basis to set the pace of their actions. And the breadth, the size of that why, determines the charge and then sets the power of those actions, which then light up the kind of life you end up living. There's not much more to it, but it cannot be faked. It's either you have something that you can draw all this energy from or not. And many of us do not have enough clarity on our visions. And if we do, the visions are smaller than they can be. And for most of us, the power of this why gets thrown off course by an influx of noise and messages that over time short circuit any vision we may have started out with and force us into settling for less. That's because our why, once you have it, is always being tested. Your why is worth fighting for, and you better bet that things will come up that will require the fight. And if your why is strong enough, again, your power will be greater than any force coming at it. Okay, so theoretically, maybe that's not a new concept to you. Hopefully, I worded it in a way that resonates with you and sticks with you longer. But let's talk about some practical ways in how I see this play out in my life. Because even though I've read Start With Why by Simon Sinek and have not been a stranger to the idea of having a clear why for my overall life, I have failed to connect this broad theory to the day-to-day actions of my life. Something which I just came to connect with during this month of the check-in challenge where I've increased this internal introspection, or at least I'm trying to make more room for it. I'm sure the habits of checking in with myself that I build this month will need to carry over to future months for some lasting change. It's so easy 
to drown out the internal voice screaming at you to do something and see something by the noise of everyday life. It's easy to keep your hands and minds busy and distracted from having the real conversations with yourself that you need to. And speaking of that conversation with yourself, in trying to practice the introspection, I found it easier to have an actual conversation where I'm talking out loud to myself instead of trying to hold a thought long enough, which is difficult to do, to come to some resolution. I have actually found it much easier to dialogue with myself, as crazy as that sounds, out loud maybe, and pose questions and try to come up with answers. But anyway, back to the point. In this introspection and question and answer sessions, I came across the realization that my day-to-day actions were misaligned with my overall why. Let me explain. There are things I do that I've decided contribute to the overall betterment of me. They serve my inner desire to satiate my curiosity or constantly become better. They fit the vision of who I think of myself now and in the future. Habits such as reading, writing, exercising, even doing creative work like working on this podcast. Whether or not I see an immediate result from a lot of these things, it doesn't take much effort for me to automatically go through them and just get them done. It's like a minimum level standard I have for myself that somehow feeds into my why and determines my day-to-day actions. Somehow I've, I'm clear about that that's my why and then the action just happens. Now there are other things that I used to do that I consider just as productive, but as of the greater half of this year, I have not been able to do them at the level I remember myself performing at. Most of what comes to mind at this state that I haven't been able to upkeep at my usual pace is is working to make money. From 16 years old to almost 31, I had jobs. I worked in corporate America. When I decided to leave my corporate career, one of the hardest things for me to accept was the risk involved with not having a consistent two-week paycheck show up for my two weeks of effort. And usually... Every time before that, when I tried to quit, even if I didn't have a job lined up, I tend to fall into another job. I've literally have quit my job on one day and had a friend call me the next day. Hey, I just became a manager at this company. You want a job? So I've always fallen into the next thing. And even this time, similarly, like other times, I fell into something. But this time after quitting, instead of falling into a job, I partnered up with someone and started working right away for at least six months towards the launch of a company. That never worked out long term, but it never seemed to take any effort for me to just work or show up to problem solve in any capacity. It's just what I knew of myself. And now I'm sharing all that because as of late, I don't know where that person went. And the solution in trying to find that person in me again, who worked tirelessly and found it unreasonable instead to not work, the solution I've tried To bring that person out is by beating myself up. So in my thoughts, in my journaling, a lot of it day to day was like, oh my God, another day you didn't do what you set out to do. Another day you didn't meet your expectations. Every day I just ask myself brutally, tell me why you won't show up. Tell me why you won't do what you need to do. And only through introspection over the past few days and the exhaustion from months of beating myself up, I found a clue as to 
possibly the reason for which the person I knew to overachieve every assignment has not shown his face recently. In a dialogue with myself, like a friend, I posed the question asking, why won't you do what it is that you are supposed to do? And instead of the usual tactic of badgering myself, what came back was answers that pointed to my lack of clarity. Things like, what makes you so sure that this is what I'm supposed to do? Don't you think I would do it if I really believed it was what I was supposed to do? It's not like I don't do anything else. Why is it that I can do those things? Why is it that a three-hour hard workout that would challenge anyone else doesn't even make me bat an eye? Why does that level of difficulty not take an emotional toll on me when it does for everyone else? And then, so why does the other things take so much more of an emotional toll on you and seem difficult? Is it because it's actually difficult? Or is the emotion pointing to something else, like a lack of clarity? What I realized was that it isn't the difficulty or the level of challenge that keeps us, that keeps me from going after something. What I realized in my dialogue was that since I gave so much of my time and effort to my past career, much of which I felt like I didn't choose, but just kept excelling at because it was just a mountain in front of me to climb. And now that I'm actually able to pick the mountain I want to climb, the main fear that comes up for me is being afraid to waste time climbing the wrong mountain again. And I get so hell-bent and dedicated to anything that I do that I'm afraid another 15 years will go by before I look up again and take inventory. So what that fear of wasting time is begging for to be known with clarity is that the mountain I am picking is the most right as it can be for me at this point. And so anything until that level of clarity is achieved feels like a waste. And so I realized the reason I'm not able to work hard towards something right now is because my full being doesn't have the knowing or belief that the something I'm working towards is actually the right thing. And I recognize that part of that is a framing issue, an unfounded fear, because the next thing I do doesn't have to define a decade like the, let the last thing do. It is incumbent on me to take inventory and check in more regularly so I'm actually steering the ship. But it's hard to do when you find yourself succeeding at whatever it is that's in front of you and you fool yourself to believe that it must be the right thing because you're advancing in it. But just because you are good doesn't mean there isn't something else out there waiting to bring the greatness out of you. But again, to bring the point home, what I came to understand is that I need the most important work to begin before any work can actually commence, which is to define a clear vision, a clear heartfelt reason as to why I am to do any work at all. You see, work is love made visible. And I don't think I've actually done or took any real opportunities to bring out what it is that I love. Almost so that if you ask me today what I love to do, I'm afraid I wouldn't have a clear answer. And that disturbs me a lot. Especially knowing that you can make a living doing anything today. People are making a living just by taking pictures of their chihuahua. Knowing that if you can get passionate and clear about 
anything that you love, literally anything, then the means tend to surface as the fruit of that love. But the problem is that we need clarity on what it is that we love enough so we have the courage and the faith to plant the seed and water it and work it and trust that one day it will feed our families. Until then, until the clarity is found, the love is not made visible and the work is left undone. All work until then is done with indifference. And there is no love baked into that bread. The taste will never be as sweet. And as the dialogue continued to witness the areas of my life that do seem effortless, I saw the evidence of the love made visible. I saw a clear why. Even in the most practical of senses. I'll give you an active example where I'm living out and reaching for my fitness goals. Like most people up until three months ago, even after a decade of training in the gym, I've always dreaded leg days. And yes, it's a familiar joke to hate leg days for most men and love chest day. And like most, I too dreaded the lunges and the squats and the heavy breathing that felt much different and more painful than the aesthetically appealing upper body days where you feel pumped and you feel strong. So then a few months back, before starting another 90-day round, I decided to make legs a definite goal. I programmed them twice a week instead of the ones that I'm used to. I noticed and then desired the aesthetic appeal of built muscular legs more than I've ever had before. And then all of a sudden, what seemed like a dreadful one day a week chore to get through is now my favorite body part to exercise. And my leg days are brutal, but I feel so satisfied doing them and going through them. And the only thing that shifted was that I somehow saw them fitting into my vision of who I want to be and how I want to appear. And as ordinary and minuscule as this example may be, it made it very clear to me how just an expansion of vision can expand your life and body and mind and everything else. And most importantly, not feel like work while you're doing it. Not feel like striving, not feel like effort at all. And if I can end on any point, it would be this, that, that when you are clear on your vision, when you know where you want to go, motivation is not required. It is not even taxed a bit. And you've heard this phrase before as that discipline is what takes over when you no longer rely on motivation. You don't need motivation, you need discipline. And although I would agree with that in some ways, the problem is that when I picture discipline, the imagery of a drill sergeant comes to mind. Someone screaming in your face to get you to do what you need to do. A strict set of standards that you must adhere to is what discipline sounds like to me. And although where you get to is the exact same place, you meet those standards, what I'm proposing as I'm discovering is that vision is the softer face of discipline. It's the part of you that almost helps you just fall in line with what it is that you expect of yourself without effort. Your vision becomes a set standard for you. And you always meet your standards. Your deep-rooted 
passionate love and why becomes the fuel by which your actions feed off of. It then doesn't seem like effort to do the work or whatever it is that you need to get done. I no longer need to search for me inside that used to work tirelessly towards something. All I need to do to invite him back out is give him a clear target to charge towards because that's the only times I've known him to be present and showing up and going full force. If your beloved was on the other side of the locked door, would you not break through the wall? There would be zero hesitation between thought and action. So like me, in areas of your life that are not moving and not as smooth of a sail as you remember them, or have never been as smooth as you would like, have a dialogue with yourself and ask yourself for some real answers as to what it would take. And chances are, if you are listening, what it will reveal is that there is fuzziness, blurred vision, a lack of clarity. And until you can clearly see how what you are doing today contributes to what you are trying to get to, what you are doing today will always feel like an uphill climb. And sometimes it's not even just the job of connecting your day-to-day actions once to that vision. A lot of times it's reminding yourself how the boring, mundane work in front of you today contributes to that grander vision on a day-to-day basis. Or again, the work begins to move at a slower pace than it can. You just start to live and go through the motions. If not, you fall into what feels like an employee mode. Just showing up and doing whatever you can to survive the day because leadership has not clearly proved to you how what you're doing actually helps the bottom line. A vision is required to get everybody on board, even yourself. And until then, all tasks are meaningless and wasteful. So in a fear of not wasting time, you waste your time anyway without the clarity driving your actions and spin wheels in the same place. No real progress is ever made. No forward movement can be judged as if it's in the right direction or not without having a clear point B to head towards. How can you? Until then, like they say, if a man knows not which port he sails, no wind or any wind is favorable. You have no way to know the difference. How would you know if you're heading in the right direction if you don't have a desired direction? And all effort until then is unguided and possibly lost. And usually never performed at its potential best. And again, do not, like me, mistakenly think that this vision thing is a one-time activity. This is also what happens and leads to being rudderless and in the middle of the ocean without a direction to head towards. The greatest test of our vision is when it is realized. Because it is now on us to set another greater one. And it is usually at this juncture, like me, many of us pause and lose momentum. Because our vision wasn't great enough to see past our current one. And all the qualities and the conscientiousness you know yourself to be 
will not be available to be called upon until the next mission is clearly defined. It is only during times of war when the soldiers are at their peak performance in a serious frame. Without having something clear to fight for, even the most valiant of soldiers can squander their existence to hookers, booze, and worldly pleasures. Ultimately, we do not know how to live until we know what it is that we are living for. Carl Jung said, your vision will become clear only when you can look into your own heart. He who looks outside dreams. He who looks inside awakes. So if you aren't all you want to be, where you want to be, there is an awakening to a burning why inside of you waiting to steam you to the next you. Until then, all circumstances have you handicapped. And most action is futile. Love you, family. See you in the next show. Please share this episode if it was helpful, if you think somebody else will benefit from it. Love you.